1: Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his I hate
3: the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your You,
2: are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will
1: defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
0: I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. Will defy tyrants.
1: And with that, good morning America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, people. <clears throat> Excuse me, all the boat rockers. Got something in my throat right as I said that. All the book are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at sonslibertymedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about a hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative Word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. I hope you had a great weekend and uh, time to be with the people of God, uh, to hear the Word of God, and now ready to obey. The Word of God. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so: SonsofLibertyRadio.com, dot com, Media dot com. In fact, if you are listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd want, like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right—you can see the faces made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. dot com, scroll down on the right side of the page, and we are streaming live. Right there. Second video down. Just click on that on whatever device you're on and blow it up. And then click on the platform icon. Join us in the chat. Lots of friends in there this morning. Good to see all you guys. Um, Glad that you are supporting us this morning and uh, always great to see you in there. Also, right above that is where Bradley's show from Saturday is. Two hours full of the Batman, right? (laughs) It's two hours full uh, from Saturday, and then he'll go live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Of course, you can see us not only on Sons of Liberty but on a Rumble page. We're streaming live there, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. So, Rumble.com, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's where we're streaming every morning and every afternoon. And the archives are all kept there from our shows. Also, uh, Before It's News has us up on the top of the page there, DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty and Twitch at Setting Brushfires. Streaming out to all those outlets as well as cutting. Edge TV on Roku, if you have that. Right above where the live videos are is where you can sign up for a newsletter again. We don't rant, e- uh, spam or sell your email, and uh, you get one email from us today. And then you get uh, the morning show as well. You get the morning show archive in that. <clears throat> and then finally, at the top of the page, if you want to help uh, us do what we do, if you agree with our message and you want to help us, and support us and keep the lights on, as it were. Keep us moving forward and ahead in that. Then there's a donate button at the top of sunslibertymedia.com, and uh, you can make a one time donation or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also at the top of the page. And then our store is available as well. This week we're highlighting Bradley's book, Grass Doesn't Work, The Rocks Do. Uh, this book normally is $11. This week you can save 20% using the promo code ROCKS. Pretty easy. I, I try to make it simple for you, right? <laughs> Use the promo code Rocks and you save twenty percent off the book. Be sure to pick that up. Also, just so you know, if you if you want to get these these deals, whoops, if you want to get these deals that we offer every week, and now I make an announcement, obviously on the radio, but if you want to get them first uh, when they come out on Saturday, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com and sign up for that list as well. It's a different list than the media list, and it keeps you informed as to what we're doing in the ministry here. Uh, people often say, well, well, what else is going on besides radio? Or what else is going on besides Internet? Well, we go out into the 50 states, and we go be among the people and teach them our Christian constitutional heritage. So here's the thing. If you want to be a part of that, if you want to know what Bradley's doing, you want to see the pictures from the ministry and what we're doing, go over to sonsoflibertyradio.com and sign up for that list as well. One email per week. This isn't even a daily thing. It's every week. It usually goes out on Saturdays. Occasionally, if something gets behind, it might go out on Sunday, but usually it's on Saturdays. Okay. So be sure to do that. Now, uh, before I get into things, some of you had you you get uh you get excited when Bradley goes recently. You know, that's part of our intro. That's James Earl Jones. And um, if my DVD player doesn't mess up here, <laughs> I'm gonna play you a little clip here. Uh this is about three minutes worth of where that is. Now understand. This is from the film, The Vernon Johns Story, okay? And it stars James Earl Jones, and this is him down in Alabama. This is before Martin Luther King Jr. In fact, I think he was the pastor at the church that Martin Luther King— you see the actor coming in as Martin Luther King Jr. at the end, coming in and uh, you know taking over for him and stuff. Anyway, uh, there a lot of attack that were on the black community, and he was calling that out. And he drove the biblical point from Moses to what he'd been told. Now, just prior to this, uh, I believe it was a woman had been... It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I scanned forward to where the, the part was. A woman had been beaten up. <clears throat> she had been raped by a couple of cops. And uh, he had been going over these clippings and things of that nature. And so I want to play about three or four minutes where it leads up to that, just so you guys know where that is. I know I told you I'd do this before, but and this isn't really part of our topic, but I think it might encourage you to check this out. And I'll have a link to the video in case you forget whatever. I'll have that in the archives if you want to pick that up um, online. This is, uh, this is uh, James Earl Jones from the Vernon Johns story. We all know the story of
0: Moses once he got his hands on those stone slabs. But Rose, did you know that Moses was a prince in the Pharaoh's court? Oh, yes prince in the enemy's court so one beautiful day Moses went for a stroll and he came upon an Egyptian whipping his slave it was common practice to whip your slaves it was socially acceptable the slaves didn't like it but they accepted it but in a sudden and uncontrollable fury, Moses grabbed his sword and killed the cruel Egyptian. And then, feeling a pang of guilt and remorse, buried his body in the sand. And God, looking down from on high, said, Who is that man? I can use him in my program. Moses felt remorse because no matter how cruel the Egyptian, he had no justification in killing him. Besides, he threw away his entire future with the royal court. So why did he act as he did? Moses realized that slavery is a horror, even greater than murder. The slavery is an abomination. I tell you this story because a boy was killed. A member of our congregation, Isaiah Rawlins, shot in the back for allegedly resisting arrest were any of you there who among us here today witnessed this killing and refrained from coming forward were you there no one And I don't suppose any of you were there when the police shot Robert James three times, killing him because he was running away after stealing a whole case of soda pop. That was four days before Christmas. No one. Were you there on Spruce Road when the police beat Paul Patrick? They handcuffed him to a tree first No one. Mm. Well, the papers reported that a large crowd of colors was there. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. over lynchings like this. We should let the family have their quiet grief... It is best at a time like this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. What do these murders have in common besides their brutality? They have in common that the perpetrators acted with impunity... Knowing that not one of you would dare come forward and say, this will not stand.
1: And- All right, that's, that's the clip. I'm going to tease you with that. You can pick it up. And you say, what does this have to do with the title? The title of, of today's show is, since coronavirus patents prove COVID fraud and illegal dealings, here's what it has to do with. Where's justice? This is what Vernon Johns was after here. He was after justice. This is, this is where this whole thing is um, concerning what went on at the time that he's talking about, where the black community was being targeted. Well, let me tell you, the black community is targeted again. The Mexican, the Latino, Hispanic, however you want to say it, is targeted again. Let's just put it clear. The whole world has been targeted now. They've all been targeted. We've been targeted. You say, how so? I'm going to show you some stuff in just a minute. Let me give you one story from this week. This is just one. You know Belk's store? I always thought Belk's was like the family-oriented, you know, wholesome kind of, at least I thought, southern-owned kind of thing. I guess they're further than the south or whatever. But since I was a kid. I can remember down in Gaffney, South Carolina, Belks was like the big deal in that that area when I was a kid. And I'm talking about when I was under 12. And yet, we've got a 72-year-old woman who worked for Belks for more than a decade. And they're trying to push the experimental COVID shot on her. She goes to her pastor. She attends a home church. She goes to her pastor and says, can I get a letter so I can get an exemption? She takes that into Belks. Well, Belks thinks they're going to be a bunch of smart alecks. They go on Google and they can't find the church. Why? Because it's held in a a house. You know, just like the New Testament church when it started, it was held in houses. And they said, you have some, and they couldn't find her pastor either. You have submitted fraudulent documents and therefore we're going to terminate you. That's what they told the 72-year-old woman who had been working for them for more than a decade. And so I say, if you're supporting Belk, and look, we're coming up, what, next month, the 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 idolatrous Black Friday that everybody, you know, the running of the sheeple stuff that we see every week where people are practically beating each other up, killing each other over, I don't know, towels, TVs, Playstations, whatever the things are, because they're idolaters. It's time to boycott Belk. The only way you're going to teach these people any lesson is to hit them in their pocketbook. That's where they're hitting small businesses, isn't it? Isn't it? They've hit small businesses in this. They've hit them in the pocketbook to where probably 40% of our small businesses have closed forever. Forever. We got to do this. Now, you can watch the video here where Jay Sekulow from uh, American Center for Law and Justice and his team are talking about it. Abby Sutherland, try to get in touch with her to see if she would come on and talk about this particular situation. She's the senior litigation counsel in this matter. This is just one of many attacks on the American people. Just one of many. And we have... Oh, the Biden administration. Of course, you know, who can believe any of the numbers? Let me just ask you. Who can believe any of the numbers coming out of the CDC, the FDA? Who can believe any of it? This administration, the previous administration, who can believe it? Nobody. Why? Because they've shown they're not trustworthy. John Hopkins, you know, the death chart for the world. I don't know if you remember. We reported on that right as that thing was put up. It was saying 15 million people dead from coronavirus. We put it up. The self-proclaimed fact checkers said, oh, that's not true. We spoke with uh, John Hopkins and they said they never predicted anything. They didn't use the term predicted. See, this is how the devil works. We didn't use the word predicted. But they put up a model that showed it. Now, let me ask you something. What are models, what are computer models put up to do? Are they not? Did they not put them up so they can predict whatever it is, so that they can, I don't know, set up and do whatever they're going to do? Huh? Isn't that what? Isn't that what the point is? Yeah, they had predicted it without using the word prediction. They set up a model to predict what was going to happen, and then yet we were told we were the fake news. Mm-hmm. That happened last year, and Facebook ran with it, paying off their. Uh, useful idiots, to put out stuff like that. Biden, we're told, mourns. Biden or whoever is in the empty suit that's sitting in that room, uh, because it seems to be, there's a couple of Bidens, kind of like there's a couple of Clintons, Hillary Clintons. Does that seem like that to you? Different color eyes, one looks older than the other. And then we saw last week... Where his booster shot was staged, at literally staged. There was a stage built, and I didn't. I showed you guys him getting the shot, but I didn't show you the photographs of the staging. And um, maybe I should do that real quick. Some of you have seen it because you've been to sunsallibertymedia dot com, and uh, you saw exactly what they did and how that was how that was shown. <clears throat> but I showed you the video of him getting his booster shot, which. <laughs> Who knows if he got a shot? Who knows if he got placebo or whatever? Any of that stuff. All right. So let me just show you. When I say it's staged, I really mean it's staged. All right. So here's the video. We've got some stuff here. You can tell the you can tell the background is just as fake as it. it's just still. You can tell that. All right? all right. Some of these leaves are bigger than Joe Biden's heads on these trees back here. Um, and then here's the real stage. Look at that. You could tell it when you're looking at it that it's fake. If that's fake, and they're wanting you to believe it's real, the obvious question is, (laughs) is the shot fake? Yeah, it is fake. It's part of a crime. It's part of a crime that's occurring. You say, Tim, how can you speak so boldly and say it's a crime? Well, let's go to an expert on this. Yesterday I put out this um, article you guys have heard dr. David Martin before right we tried to get him on the show I haven't gotten any response from him just yet of course some people you know my emails go to the tank they go in the spam and everything else and then they now Google is letting all the spam into my inbox so I don't know if I, I mean look I, I figure I'm pretty small fish okay but it's very possible maybe they're targeting me in some way I don't know I know they targeted my personal site that was in their list of blacklists. And I've got the documentation on that. I know they targeted my personal site because it was in the list. Um, But me personally, I don't know. But Dr. David Martin appeared with uh, Dr. Joseph Merkula. And you know, Merkula, he dumped all of his information. And now when he puts something up, it's only up for 48 hours and he's taking it down. And he says he's being threatened. I mean, it's kind of weird to me that you would take all your stuff down, but you're still going to put up new information, leave it up for 48 hours. I don't know. I don't know if that's a marketing thing. I, I'm, I'm not questioning the guy, but I just it doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to put stuff up and leave it up for 48 hours, and you're going to be addressing the same things that you were addressing before, it seems to me you'd leave all your stuff up. Fortunately, I downloaded his whole website before. He <laughs> killed everything there. In any case... He did an interview with Dr. David Martin. And so what I want to do is I want to play a portion of this interview, if you have not seen it, and let you hear what Dr. David Martin has to say concerning the crimes because of, just by just by way of the coronavirus patents, the crimes that are occurring about this. Here's David Martin. Quite alarmingly, we found an
2: enormous number of patents on biological and chemical weapon violations. Now, that was not something we were looking for. I I always let people know this was not something we set out to find. This is something that landed in our lap. As you can imagine, if people of ill intent are trying to do something, they often hide what they're doing in plain sight, but they use language that is not conventional. So when you find a patent, for example, on a blast-resistant pathogen from a rocket-propelled grenade. Did you hear what I just said? A blast-resistant pathogen from a rocket-propelled grenade. (laughs) Does that sound like it's a, you know, common way to inoculate a population or does that sound like it sounds? (laughs) No one, not in the U.S., none of our allies seem to be willing to look at the fact that beginning in 2016, we started seeing very alarming language being used, which was coronavirus poised for human emergence. And when you start referring to a coronavirus allegedly poised for human emergence, after the World Health Organization has declared SARS eradicated, there's something desperately wrong with that picture. The fact is we have a very unique moment in human history. You know what we should be doing? We should be investing in our networks of relationship. We should be investing in our networks of community. We should be building those resilient fibers that hold us together because we know that there is a famine coming and we are in the unique position right now, ladies and gentlemen, to actually do something about it.
3: Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health and we're continuing in our coverage of this pandemic, with Dr. David Martin. And I suspect many of you have heard of who he is, uh, but for those of you who haven't, he'll describe his uh, background briefly in a moment. But he, in my view, has done the best job of really uncovering the paper trail that for two decades that led to where we're at now. This includes government grants, patents uh funding the whole nine yards that this is just didn't just happen you know a year and a half ago so he's he's covered it he's covered it so well so eloquently he was featured in mickey willis's uh plandemic two i'm not sure if that's the exact title but it's the second version after he done yeah, it. Indoctrination, yeah indoctrination that's right yeah so um And and if you've seen that, you know, a lot of his work and we will reread some of it here and give us some good updates, hopefully. Uh, But uh, I'm just really excited to have him because for the radio audience, this is Dr. Joseph Merkel introducing today.
2: You're most welcome. Thanks, Joe. It's lovely to be here.
3: Okay, so if you can briefly describe your history, uh, which sounds like you were (laughs) really working for the federal government as one of their people and you're all over mainstream media and really uh, well accepted as an expert in your field. So just briefly condense that so that we can understand your history and then how and why you made the transition uh, about two years ago.
2: Well, yeah, back in 1995, (laughs) when I finished my doctorate at the University of Virginia, I joined the medical school faculty in radiology and orthopedic surgery. But most notably, then I was running the first medical device clinical trials organization for the University of Virginia, a company called IdeaMed. What we did then was we did medical device clinical trials for FDA submissions. So I had a very long tradition of working with FDA clinical trials, did a lot of work in diagnostics and therapeutics of a variety of forms. And in 1998, when I started MCAM, which is the company that I also founded and and have operated since then, we began working very closely with finding ways to bring intellectual property into conventional finance. So our background, in addition to the medical background, was was figuring out ways to bring innovation to the marketplace and dropping the cost of capital so that innovative companies could get... um, you know, much less expensive capital. And it was through that, Joe, that uh, an interesting uh, hole opened up. That was we were starting to audit the United States patent system. We, asked, we were asked to do that by Congress. And quite alarmingly, we found an enormous number of patents on biological and chemical weapon violations.
1: Congress wished they wouldn't now, have done
2: that. That was not something we were looking for. I, I was let people know this was not something we set out to find. This is something that landed in our lap.
3: How would you identify these? Was it uh, some type of digital scanning system or was it a manual review?
2: Yeah. So I developed a technology a decade earlier called linguistic (coughs) genomics, which is a means by which you can look at unstructured text data and find the metaphoric meaning inside of what is being communicated. As you can imagine, if people of ill intent are trying to do something, they often hide what they're doing in plain sight but they use language that is not conventional so when you find a patent for example on a blast resistant pathogen from a rocket propelled grenade did you hear what i just said a blast resistant pathogen from a rocket propelled grenade (laughs) does that sound like it's a you know common way to inoculate a population or does that sound (laughs) like it sounds Um, sounds like it sounds
3: (laughs) a bioweapon
2: yeah and and so you know finding a number of bioweapons patents we started taking into account some very serious things and and I published once a year mm-hmm. I have a copy of the book here I published once a year the literal global phone book of every biological and chemical weapon violation wow um that, that took place anywhere in the world. And, and it is the who's who. It, it's the who, it's the where, it's the who funded it, it's what their addresses are. Um, and it was, it was actually quite an interesting uh, document that was what was used by U.S. law enforcement, intelligence communities, and elsewhere around the world to track things that were being done inappropriately. And it was, in fact, in 1999 when we started detecting that there seemed to be an alarming event around coronavirus, so, which we're going to so, get into.
3: So was this report directed towards governmental agencies primarily? That's the exactly
2: right. It, okay. it was it was um, in addition to being directed at government agencies. It was also shared with law enforcement around the world to try to neutralize this into not a single party kind of information disclosure. As a matter of fact, at its peak of circulation. We had the regular updates recorded at the Library of Alexandria in Egypt as a neutral Mm -hmm. party holding this information so that posterity would know that we built laws Mm -hmm. around the prohibition of biological and chemical weapons with the full intention of breaking those laws routinely and, Mm -hmm. you know, having having a published record of the who did it, when they did it, and who financed it was very important.
3: Okay, so I interrupted you with a question, and you were beginning to tell us about this transition to the coronavirus that you identified.
2: Well, in 1999, Anthony Fauci's NIAID saw okay. the possibility of using coronavirus as a possible vaccine vector. He actually thought that there would be a way to co opt nature to be able to be used as a way to inoculate a population. And at the time, the disclosed rationale for this was to try to come up with an hiv vaccine as you're familiar he was obsessed about hiv as well as influenza vaccines and as a result what he was looking for was to see if there was a way to make and now i'm quoting from the funded research Mm -hmm. an infectious replication defective
1: recombinant coronavirus okay let me let me stop just a second and just remind you our constitution Gives no authority for science or health. It, it gives no authority for our government. The, the, let's just call it for what it is. It is a centralized government now. It's not a federal government, it's a centralized government. This is why we need decentralization. This is why you got to work at a local level, a state level. The states need to regain their sovereignty. We have been sold out on our sovereignty for years, including the Trump administration. For all you people who think Trump is an America first guy, he's the guy who sold your sovereignty out in the USMCA. He sold it out. It was worse than the NAFTA. You got a worse deal than NAFTA in the USMCA. Don't kid yourself. Okay. Here, this is what he's pointing to. We haven't, except he doesn't say this. He doesn't bring out the constitutionality of this. We have not authorized the central government, the federal government, as it was set up to be, to be involved in uh, health, science. We haven't uh, uh, authorized them to be in what is now determined as welfare. In fact, when you read the welfare clause, what follows is what that is. Those things in Article 1. If it's not in Article 1, they don't have authority to write law about it. I don't care if you need prescription drugs. I don't care. You need to get off of them anyway. You say, well, people are going to die. I'm not saying just go cold turkey. I'm saying you need to be responsible in that, but you need to get away from those things. Why do we bring Kate Shimerani on here on Saturdays? Why are you hearing so many of these naturopaths speaking out against the Allopathic medicine, where they've developed all these drugs to where they get you hooked on one thing to do the other. We saw the other week where they're doing this with the clots, right, from the injections. And what are the companies making money off of? Not only off the vaccines, because our government and the pimps up there in D.C., from Trump administration to Biden administration, from Congress to Senate, have been giving them money unconstitutionally, by the way, to formulate drugs that are going to push on the American people. But it's the issue that they're doing it lawlessly. They have no authority to be doing it. And they're taking your money and doing it, billions of your dollars, while they look at you and say, we just really care about your health. Oh, but you can go murder as many American babies as you want to. For a couple hundred bucks a pop. A couple hundred bucks a pop. This is how this situation is tying in with what I just played for you in the film about Vernon Johns. Notice what James Earl Jones was saying there. He was reminding the people of what had happened in the Bible. Moses saw an injustice. Now, I think he misrepresented it a little bit as to what went on, okay? But the point is the same. Moses saw an injustice his fellow Hebrew being beaten by an Egyptian. And he killed the Egyptian. He saw the injustice and he dealt with it. We're not told that he's condemned for that. We're told he was scared and he fled. We don't see anything that he was condemned. And then we come to here and we see tens of thousands of our own countrymen being killed genocide that's what how you can get away from that term is be, is beyond me we see tens of thousands of our own countrymen being killed murdered at least at some level somebody knows exactly what's going on and they keep putting it out we've seen the vials we've seen what's in those vials, under microscopes, pictures, videos. We've had people from afar, the, I forget what it is, La Quinta or whatever it was, Columba, uh, scientists who brought out things that they've seen. We've seen another doctor who brought out his stuff, I forget the guy's name, who did it. And then now we've seen Dr. Carrie Miday, who we had on the show before, bring out her evidence regarding what she's seen the first U.S. lab to do this, what she's seen in those vials, it's the same thing the other guys have seen. Somebody at Pfizer, somebody at Moderna, somebody at Johnson & Johnson, somebody at AstraZeneca and any of these other manufacturers know exactly what's in there and they know what it will do. They know what it will do. And yet they let it go out there. They should be held accountable for murder. This is an issue of justice. you want to fix this? I got a letter... I meant to have the letter over here, too, but it's behind the green screen here. From the New American. <clears throat> and they're pointing out all these things, too, and they said the answer is freedom. Um, no, it's not. I like the guys at the New American John Burt Society. I'm Bercher guy, okay? That's not the answer. The answer is justice. You cannot let criminal activity continue on And say the answer is freedom. No, the answer is justice. You bring justice upon those people's heads and you will ensure freedom and liberty. They're two different things. Freedom is state of mind. Liberty is what you do. That's why your liberties are protected under the Constitution. I've heard people argue that it's about, well, it's your mind. No, that's not the issue. That's not the issue at all. If your mind isn't straight, your works aren't going to be straight either. Isaiah 61 says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the people, a people the Lord has blessed. Now, we have been that in the past, but our blessings are becoming our cursings. Are you guys noticing that? We've brought this up time and time again. We did the show on this when we were talking about Israel. And the error of the dispensationalists to say, well, those who bless Israel, you know, God will bless. And those who curse Israel. Will. Well, it doesn't say that. It's talking about Abraham. Blessing him. Cursing him. That's the issue. And I gotta ask you, those of you who are dispensationalists, are you more blessed in America or are you more cursed? And what do you consider your blessings? Do you got more? More gadgets? Is that what what it is? You can make your money easier? Is that your blessing? Or has that become your cursing? What's your education system look like? Is it blessed or is it cursed? What's your churches looking like? Are they blessed or they cursed? Do they have Ichabod written over the door? The glory of the Lord has departed? Hmm? What's your political landscape look like? Is it blessed or cursed? This is, this is something you can answer, and it's pretty easy to answer. Most of you who would be, call yourselves conservatives, Christian constitutionalists, you can answer that question right off the bat and say, we're cursed, we're not blessed. And why is that? It's because you've departed wickedly from your God. And that God calls us back to repentance. Repentance. And he's known by his judgments. I mean, my goodness, who is bringing this on us? We're bringing it on ourselves. There's no question about that. But God said he would do it. And he uses the means. This is what a lot of people have a problem with, with people like myself. Okay? When we talk about things like predestination, we talk about things, and I'm using theological terms here. We talk about predestination, we talk about... God setting apart a people for himself and saving those people. When we talk about God's decrees, where he's decreed all things and nothing happens, nothing. Not a sparrow falling from the ground, not you sneezing, not you getting coronavirus, not you dying, not you making an error when you write. None of that happens apart from the decrees of God. You say God's a tyrant. No, he's not. No, he's not. In fact, here's the thing that people throw out to me all the time when I reiterate to them the sovereignty of God. They'll say, God's a tyrant. If he just does that, if he just chooses who he's going to love and who he's not and who he's going to save and who he's not and what he's going to do and I just don't have a choice in the matter. No, you have a choice in the matter and you want to do everything that you do. You want to do it. Whatever bends your will the way it is, you end up being the one who wants to do it. Don't blame God for that. And then they look and they want God to be a tyrant. Have you ever heard of them? They want God to be a tyrant. They say, well, if God was a loving God, he would fill in the blank. Stop this. Make this person do that. That's a tyrant. That's what they want. And so they submit themselves to the devil and to their own flesh. They want to be ruled by a taskmaster, just like the same guy that Moses killed when he was afflicting one of his brothers. Same thing. And so here we have, I just wanted to pause there, I want to play a little bit more of this from uh, David Martin, but I wanted to pause there to make that point, because the things he's pointing out, what's any different from what the Egyptian was doing to the Hebrew than what Dr. Anthony Fauci and the rest of these yahoos, from Donald Trump to Joe Biden to everybody in between, the governors, these businesses like Belk and the rest of them, what's any different than that than trying to cut off people from their livelihood? Livelihood. Live. That's that's the, the key component of the word there. Live. Livelihood. They're trying to cut them off from life. They don't want to hear them. They don't want to see them. They don't want to be convicted in their conscience by what they're doing what's any different? And I ask again, where is justice? I'll put this in before I bring on David Martin's comments here in just a moment. Isaiah 117, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, and plead the case of the widow. Here's David Martin.
2: Now, it's important for you guys to realize that this was 1999. This was not you know, we hadn't had SARS yet. We didn't even know SARS was a thing. But in 1999, that project got funded by NIAID. In 2002, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill's Ralph Barrick and his colleagues filed the patent on recombinant coronavirus. And a year later, the world got SARS.
3: Yeah. So I just want to take a step back <clears throat> because you alluded to St. Fauci's involvement with HIV and um, I just wonder if you can give a brief comment on that because Robert Kennedy's written a book about him called "The Real Tony Fauci," that highlights his nefarious strategies in the '80s. I mean, he he was put into office the longest applied. I mean, He's in office for over fifty years, or, and head uh, of N-A-I-D, NAID uh and basically kill hundreds of thousands of people with this promotion of azt yes so this this pattern that we're seeing with coronavirus is actually a repeat of previous behavior
2: yes and as a matter of fact uh, when he joined niaid as its director in 1984 appointed by the reagan administration it's important to realize that at the time we were transitioning from largely an STD environment in which syphilis and gonorrhea and those types of STDs were the things that we were concerned about, obviously herpes and things like that. HIV became, as you well know, a political and social hot potato because it was associated in many respects with lifestyle branding. And as a result, it became a political issue to essentially identify a class of the population that could be the basis for research without consideration. The notion by Anthony Fauci was um, people with HIV already had made decisions that somehow entitled them to less humanity. And as a result, the clinical trials around developing both um, management techniques as well as potential treatments became quite fashionable, but it was done in a very reckless fashion. And numerous people died in clinical trials, and by the way, still are. Mm -hmm. As recently as September of 2020, when the NIAID Advisory Committee met, Anthony Fauci reported on several clinical trials involving three different continents, not specified, Mm -hmm. where in phase one trials, the alleged proposed treatment was, quote, unsuccessful. And there were loss of life involved in these trials. So so the fact of the matter is he hasn't stopped this. This was something that he started in 1984, but he has literally been obsessed about this HIV situation as a platform to essentially use humans that he determines to be some form of subhuman for clinical trials. And, And it is a horrific blight on the United States medical establishment, that we have been willing to allow this to go on in the name of science, in the name of health promotion uh, since 1984 without any significant disruption or check.
1: Okay. All right. So I want to pause it here a second. You guys have heard the story that I've told about the um, years ago, I was at a conference and there was a pastor who spoke about a young man and i want to bring this into to what what's going on here this young man had been involved in the sodomite lifestyle um he i if i'm not mistaken he had used intravenous drugs and things of that nature and all of that at least the sodomite part is definitely a capital crime i mean it is that's let's not let's not fool ourselves about that just because the, the Supreme Court said, oh, you can't have anti-sodomy laws. They don't have the authority to do that. Read Article 3 of the Constitution. You'll find they don't have any authorization for that. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. And the state should have told them where they could go fly their kite. But they didn't. They succumbed because they're weak, controlled men. Okay? Yep. Republicans, too, by the way. They're the one they're, a, lot, a large majority of them were Republican, and they just let it go. By the way, you keep the, you people who keep in this Republican Democrat right left thing who gave you who gave you the, um, the, the, the the roe v Wade decision? Oh, it was largely Republican. it was largely conservatives. I'm not trying to build up Democrats or liberals or communists or so, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying they've got their their mask off you know what they are. It's the guys who are telling you they're your friend and they they agree with you, your principles and their platform, blah, 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 blah. And then they turn around and stab you in the back every chance they get. This young man was dying. And he had repented. He was dying of AIDS. He had repented of his sin. Kept a journal. This pastor that that was preaching, he said, I went to do the funeral. I asked the family if there's something there that I could look at that he might have had or whatever I can get a kind of feel for who the guy was because he didn't know him, and I, I gotta imagine that's a difficult thing to preach a funeral for a, for a guy you don't know. But I guess if you're focused on the gospel, you're going to do that. But here's what he found: he found one of his journal entries, one of his last ones that he entered, and it contained this passage of scripture from Psalm one nineteen seventy one. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Here was this man who had lived his life in rebellion towards God, had been brought nigh by the cross of Christ. And he could look back on his sickness and disease and the thing that was going to kill him. And he could say, it's good. Why? How can a man come to the end of his life and look at his sicknesses? And look at his disease? And look at the death that is approaching and say, it is a good thing. Why? that I might learn your statutes. How many of you look at the hardships of life and you curse God and want to die instead of saying, it's good that I'm facing these things because you love me, Lord. You love me, Father. And you want to correct me. I can tell you this. Anthony Fauci isn't saying this. Donald Trump isn't saying this. Joe Biden isn't saying this. Many of your congressmen and senators aren't saying this. They're not doing that. No, no, no. It's full steam ahead. Let's put the boot down on you. Let's be tyrants. Let's put ourselves in the place of God and let's be a beast unto ourselves. Let's do that kind of thing. Friends, that's not going to get anybody anywhere except in hell. That's where it's going to get them. And what do these what do these leaders do? They play a game with us. Let me go back to Joe Biden just a minute. He mourned the death of 700,000 COVID-19 deaths. That's very questionable considering what they did and lumping everybody in, then trying to filter it out, and then all the rigmarole they've done. I don't buy a bit of those numbers. In fact, I would venture to guess that probably at least half of those numbers might actually be, or most of them, might actually be from people who got this vaccine. They said that uh, in this article here, they're saying 286,000 Americans have died from the pandemic since Biden took office. Baloney. If they have, it's not from the pandemic, it's the pandemic of the shot. It's from the shot. But then they go on and they make a big deal. Here's the conservatives going back over, okay? They go back over this tired thing. I'm just going to hit this just for a second because this isn't really our main topic, but I want you to see it. According to his, according to Breitbart, his statement was sent to reporters minutes before he left his home in Wilmington, Delaware for what? A round of golf. Biden went golfing at the Fieldstone Golf Club with his White House counselor, Steve Rachetti and Ron Oliver, the father-in-law of Biden's late son, Beau Biden. Biden traveled to his home in Delaware earlier on Saturday after spending Friday afternoon meeting Democrat lawmakers in an attempt to advance $5 trillion spending agenda. These people are out of their mind. $5 trillion? <sighs> Talking about wanting to crash the economy? And by the way, this started with Trump, the biggest Spending unconstitutional spending bill in our history was under Trump last year. Well, but Tim, he was pressured in that, you know politically. What would they have done to him? And then, look, nobody elected Donald Trump to be political. They up they elected him to uphold the law. That's what they elected him to. And before you get all bent out of shape about Biden going golfing, the way Obama went golfing, everybody had a field day with that. But the conservatives were absolutely silent. Their mouths were zipped when this was going on. Donald Trump, in four years, golfed as much or more than Barack Hussein Obama Sator Sabarka in eight, and it cost the taxpayers over $149 million. Did he bring justice? No. He put up the fools that people follow like Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, and the rest of these yahoos on stage every day to tell you how much you need to be scared, how much you need to wear the mask, how much you need to social distance, how much you need to take a vaccine, how much you need to do whatever, be in lockdown, any of this stuff. He was the guy pushing it. Nothing has changed. And why has nothing changed? I'll tell you why. Because America has not brought justice on these criminals. None of them. None of them. God tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 20, follow justice and justice alone so that you may live and possess the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, he told that to Israel. The same thing applies around the world, whatever nation you're in, and it applies in this one. And you see it now. If you haven't read Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 as many times as we have quoted that here, You really need to take time to read that. And you need to read it because step by step, God is judging America. We've been in his judgment a long time. Now it's in the Leviticus 26 stage into which the judgments are coming more fiercely. They're coming faster. And pretty soon it's going to make your head spin how relevant the Bible. Those of you who who mock God and you mock the Bible and you mock... Me or Bradley or the show or anybody who's telling you the truth here, you're going to have your head spin. The Bible is very relevant because God is not going to be mocked. Whatever you're sowing, you're going to reap. If you're sowing injustice, if you're promoting the unjust, the unjust GOP just as much as the other guys are promoting the unjust Democrat Party. If you're if you're if you got your political idol up there and you're promoting Donald Trump as much as you are Joe Biden, and neither one of them bringing any justice. You're going to be found among these in the judgment here. You're just going to be found among it. And the command remains. The message is the same here as it was from the prophets, from John the Baptist, from Jesus, and from the apostles. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're in a stage here. We have enough information, and yet... We continue to let the genocide continue to go on, and we continue to let the guilty go free. Why is that? Why is that? It's not that we don't know. We know. We just aren't doing anything about it. The question is, do we love God? Do we love our fellow man enough to do something about it? Some of you are. Some of you are doing what you can some of you are not. Praise God for those who are doing. For those who aren't, the command is to repent. Bradley be on at three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Central today. Sons dot Lord willing, we'll be back with you at six a.m. See you.